Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Song is on on SAFM. The song we played at the beginning of the show was by Jonathan Gwangwa and it's Como. Anyway, Durban International Film Festival has been extended until 30 September 2020 by popular demand. The festival's opening film, This Is Not a Burial, is a resurrection by Lemahong Jeremiah Mosese, was awarded the Artistic Bravery and Best Direction. The jury felt this film was a work of art. The late Mama Mary Twyla, referred to as the matriarch of the industry, was rewarded with this year's Best Actress Award, albeit posthumously. In the documentary category, the jury commended the directors for the variety of the topics and felt that the majority of the documentary was very strong. To tell us more about all of this are Dr. Ishmael Mohammed, the director for the Center of Creative Arts at the University of KwaZulu-Natal. We spoke to him at the beginning of this very discussion in relation to this film festival joining in in the conversation mr neil brandt producer and winner of best south african documentary and miss kate pansegro who's a producer this is not a burial it's a resurrect it's a resurrection which was the winner of the best director and artistic bravery award of course i forgot to mention that neil brandt is the producer of influence dr ishmael mohammed good evening thank you so much for joining us you did say good this evening. was going to be great well you did say this would be great. Well, we're not. I wouldn't have anticipated it would be so great that it would have to be extended. Why the extension? Tell us what this popular demand is all about. Right. Thank you very much. Uh, the, the festival this year was online, and uh, you know, in many, many significant ways, we were able to reach an audience beyond Durban. With a physical festival, we would have only reached an audience that happens to be on location in Durban. Uh, in this way, we. Although the films are geo-locked to South Africa, we were able to access any part of South Africa where anyone had data. Also, as a festival, we made every film available free, uh, in that we were subsidized through the support of our funding. Uh, you know, people, anyone who had access to data was able to download, but there's no ticketing cost attached to that. And I think for that, we're incredibly grateful to our funders, the, the U.S. Embassy, the U.S. Consulate in Durban, the Department of Arts and Culture in Natal, uh, the KZN Film Commission, the National Film and Video Foundation, the Gauteng Film Commission, and, of course, the Film and Publication Board. Uh, but, you know, we, given the success of the film, of, of these screenings, uh, we thought we'd extend this until uh, the end of this month, uh, you know, so that people could still download a number of movies and watch those that they were not able to watch during the festival period. Let's talk about directing Ms. Kate Panzer-Groh, producer, This Is Not a Burial, It's a Resurrection. Let's talk about winning the Best Director and Artistic Bravery Award and specifically its links to Mama Mary Twala. Hi, good evening. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I mean, all I can say is that Lemoine is completely thrilled by being recognized for his direction in the film. Um, It's his first narrative feature, and to take home, you know, such an honor was a massive deal for him. And for everyone involved, I think being able to work with Mameri was just an enormous privilege, and she really was the heart and soul of our film. So every time she is recognized for her astounding performance in it, it's just it's just an amazing validation and 
we are honoured that it was her her final um, film appearance and that her legacy is going to live on forever through through her work. I mean, it is quite a way to bow out that a film of which one is a part would win such an accolade. Perhaps you might indulge those listeners who really did have uh, a love for Mama Mary Twyla. What was she like to work with? Did she betray the fact that her health was failing her at all? And some of the things that she would have taught, especially the young actors, as well as those who are in the production of film and movies, some of the lessons that we can draw from somebody who now will rank among the best best ever to grace our television screens. Yeah, I think Mary, um, we were so honored to have her as in a leading role in this film. I think she's extremely prolific and her body of work speaks for itself, but it's very rare actually, um, and ironically that she hasn't she hasn't had that many opportunities to be in a leading role. So for her to really carry our film was an enormous honor and she's just she was the most humble, um, professional, incredible human being to be around and and really just always had a smile on her face, always saw the humor in anything. You know, we shot in very difficult uh, conditions in Lesotho. We were living in the middle of the mountains for five weeks with very limited access to electricity, to running water. Um, and she was just a real trooper, and, and no one could believe that she was 79 years old at the at the time we were making the film. And um, you know, she's diabetic; her health wasn't great. And I, as, as the producer and as the person who was really kind of responsible for everyone's well-being, I had a lot of anxiety around the fact that Mary was elderly and, and not in in great health. And um, she. She just gave her all. We, we asked her, you know, whatever we asked her to do, she would always just say yes. And she would do it again and again and again until she felt she got it right. Um, and she was just an absolute joy to be around. And I, I miss her very much. I absolutely adored her. And she, I'm very proud to say she's been recognized internationally with two Best Actress Awards. And for her to take home that award locally is, incredibly meaningful to us as the filmmakers and I know it means a lot to her family as well. Beautiful account. Thank you so much for sharing such passionate insights, Mr. Neil Brandt, producer, Influence, winner of the Best South African Documentary. I'll give you some moment to tell us what the documentary was about. The word Influence. That's the name of the documentary. Neil Brandt, good evening. Thanks for joining us. Good evening. Um, hi, Kate. Uh, great to be on, on the call with you. We, we started this journey off together, um, or the, the film distribution journey earlier this year at Sundance. So yeah, we are six months later, post lockdown, bringing our films home. That's an enormous privilege. Um, it's wild, Neil. Thank you. It's, it's great to be here with you as well. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, you know, the film really looks, I guess, at the dystopia of modern communications. Um, you know, we, we, we're living in a time when there's, there's so many forces that, that influence the way that media, you know, comes to us. And I think that, that we need to all become smarter and, 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 and self-aware about, about how we consume media because I think people, you know, really, you know, comprehend you know, the, the, the forces of the, 
you know, industrial misinformation complex. And there's so many layers. Um, and there's so many influences on the, on the way that that media comes to us, and the and and, and we're living in an era where the social media has kind of has put into hyperdrive the the possibility of distortion of truth, and that and that you know the way the way that influences peddled, and the way that you know politicians and 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 people with wealth and access to power manipulate information for, for you know, self-interest is enormously worrying. I mean, it's, it's something that's been around you know, ever since humans you know, started communicating with each other. But it feels like we're living in a time of, of acceleration of, of, I guess, a way that... Acceleration of, of the distortion of truth. And that means that to, to, get, to get to the truth, you have to become a very smart media consumer, which means understanding, you know, what, who is telling the story, why is it being told, um, and how they're trying to influence you. And what, what we do, what we do in the, in, the, in the film is really try and unpack, you know, this through one particular company, Bell Pottons, and I think many citizens will, will know that story of, of how they were brought down by, you know, basically investigative journalism that met citizen action. So we, we track the history of this of this company going back, you know, thirty years back to the days of Margaret Thatcher and work they did with Pinochet, um, and the work they did with, with the Pentagon in Iraq, um, and then brought it all the way back home to to really to a very you know clear um, and and I guess practical demonstration of how one company was able to exert so much influence on so many global events. You know, spanning back 30 years. So, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's what the story is about. And it's, it's a complex territory, um, and we, we really just try and leave the, the viewer with a, with, you know, we, with a sense of, okay, let me question how information comes away. And if we've done that, then I think we've played a small role in really you know, helping us, helping ourselves become smarter media yes. consumers. It says here, Influence examines how Bell Pottinger and his associates shaped and co-opted the very institutions on which our governance systems are premised, quietly entrenching one of the most sophisticated and successful business ventures of recent times, that being their weaponization of democracy. What is the weaponization of democracy? What do you mean by that? Well... The thing is that that you know the democracy and 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 wealth are kind of like bedfellows, okay? Um, and, and democracy only works when there is a free and open media. Um, and the problem is that what what's happening now is that media is not really free because you know first of all it can get influenced by hidden hands behind the scenes to use to use all kinds of tools. Um, which, which you know, I think, boil down to kind of psychological warfare on on populations, uh, which which really you know might not always be aware of, of how those tools are, are, are executed, and that is and, and become you know, especially now where the the, the the power of 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 the internet and and the way that 
you know, the way the information travels in what I think we call echo chambers, where we have our own biases reconfirmed again and again and again um, by really manipulating the way information flows. Okay, and that can be done in all kinds of ways. It can be done in the old-fashioned ways where you, you either plant stories uh, or you, you try influence opinion. And then there's also the, in, in, using technology to basically, you know, as simple as using bots which latch onto particular ideas that you know, move those ideas exponentially through the media ecosystem. And that means that the information that we need to, to, to make decisions about about things that are important to us are, are twisted and distorted in a, in a way that is, is happening so fast and is, and, and is so complex that, you know, you know even, you know, ourselves as filmmakers who have spent you know, months really digging deep into it, the more we learn about it, the more we realize how little we actually know and you know, the scarier it becomes. Dr. Mohammed, you're an academic. You're the director of the Center for Creative Arts, University of KwaZulu-Natal. And, and a lot of what Mr. Brandt has said has got me thinking, if I were a student and I heard the producer and director of a film that has won the best documentary saying these things, it really then is going to force me to question everything I probably would understand about the industry, media, and everything that I see on television. Is South African media manipulated, generally speaking? And the role then of social media in correcting that obvious wrong. And I'm saying that in relation to equally still the threat of fake media. How does a student navigate one's way in trying to engage the media, yet there are so many disparate views about it? It's manipulated. Many say it's credible. Some say it's fake news and social media is exactly the platform for generating all of this Truth as well as this lie. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not sure if I actually heard you because I'm, I'm not I'm not getting a very clear line. But I think the question I heard is 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 around social media and so on. I think the role of festivals is largely to stimulate to challenge to get people to to shift their paradigms. And I think what this particular documentary does for any student is to allow them to question to be a lot more critical. Uh, and, and I think if, 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 if that's what we achieved with students who are probably exposed to this particular documentary, then I think we would be developing a much more critical readership of social media and much more critical engagement on social media as well. But I'm not sure if I heard your question correctly. To an extent, yes, because I, I really want to engage the statement that Mr. Brunt made, saying that the media largely is manipulated. If that is a known fact, how then is yeah. that going to be corrected? Well, I, I think it's, it's, it's about critical engagement all the time. It, comes, it begins from the very first time that we expose young people to reading, whether that's reading a book at school or whether, whether it's reading information on, on, on online, it's allowing communities and allowing people to engage critically. And I think uh, the more we begin to be exposed to the kind of work that we've seen coming up at festivals, not just film festivals, but also at theater festivals, other kind of festivals, we are developing a critical audience. Final question to you, Ms. Kate Pansgrove. Thank you so much for joining us then, Dr. Ishmael Mohammed, as well as Mr. Neil Brandt, the producer of This Is Not A Burial, It's A Resurrection, winner of Best Director and Artistic Bravery Award. 
you did focus on something which in this country we don't talk about, and that's the fact that Lesotho is the very fountain of our fresh water supply. What did you encounter there which could have been politically sensitive, which maybe the the film itself doesn't quite do enough to expose, but at a second bite of the cherry, this is something which South Africans with a deeper prying eye should engage. The Highlands Water Project. Yes, thank you for asking that question. I mean, for me as a South African coming in to produce a Basutu film, it was quite conflicting knowing the, the history of the Highlands Water Project and, and also just hearing Lemohang's account of what he experienced growing up in the Suju. I mean, his family were victims of um, forced resettlement. And so the the story that the film is based on is a deeply personal one. Uh, having said that, pardon me, it's not any kind of expose. It's not a it's not a documentary. It is a fiction film, and I think that's why it doesn't necessarily directly challenge the political aspects of the Highlands Water Project, but um, I think something that uh, there's an account that, that Lemohang often refers to in interviews, which I find quite interesting, and that is when he was a little boy, um, he remembers when Nelson Mandela was uh, recently elected president, he came to Lesotho, and it was this kind of incredibly exciting historical moment to meet this, um, you know, this champion man that everyone was, was so taken with and the irony was in this in this welcoming um of Mandela in this context, he was actually in Lesotho to renew this this um agreement with the government in Lesotho to continue this very imperialist agreement with the country that we we as South Africans would get almost seventy percent of our water supply from that from that country and, and not really taking into account you know, what that was doing to the people living in the highlands. So it's an issue that is still happening at large. Lemohang's uh, grandmother still lives in a small village in the highlands and her village is on the, on the verge of forced resettlement at the moment. And so in the making of the film and the releasing of the film, we are working closely with a lot of policymakers in Lesotho in order to use the film as a vehicle to educate people about what their rights are, because oftentimes uh, rural people are displaced without any sort of knowledge about what um, what rights they actually have. And so we're trying to work with, with uh, community leaders, with organizations, in order to communicate to them that they, they do actually have the power and the means to fight the government on this issue. Very well. Let me leave it there. Thank you so much then for your contributions, Ms. Kate Pansagro, the producer of This Is Not Brutal. It's a, This Is Not A Burial. It's a Resurrection winner of Best Director and Artistic Bravery Award, together with Mr. Neil Brunt, producer of Influence, the winner of the Best South African Documentary. Of course, this is all curated and done through the Center for Creative Arts at the University of KwaZulu-Natal and the director, Dr. Ishmael Mohamed, for speaking to us this evening for the second time. The Durban International Film Festival announced some of its awards and also the fact that it has been extended until the end of this month. One more week. Do, of course, tune in and follow the progress of something very much a South African story. After the break, we continue with the balance of the show. We have been indulged with an extra five minutes. Of course, it's Heritage Day.